today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jason. Derek here. So we broke the story uh, over the weekend that Aaron Carter died. It's really sad. It's so tragic. Um, You know, to me, this really kind of underscores, again, this epidemic in this country of mental health and substance abuse, um, the two of which are often related. Um, And, you know, and it seems based on what everybody's saying, including Aaron's brother, Nick, that that was the case with Aaron. We know substance abuse was an issue. And also he was clearly having mental struggles. But, you know, 34 years old, died in his bathtub at home. It's just uh, so sad. It's really sad. I mean, we've covered him a lot over the years. He's he's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations throughout his li- his short life, but this really brought it home. I mean, he's 34 years old, and you know, mental health issues and drug issues they're indiscriminate. I mean, they can take you at at, at any time. They you know, you think ah he's 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 still a kid. He'll like go through this phase. It's just relentless. And to die in your bathtub uh, and be found by a woman who's yelling and and you've, we've heard the sort of scanner call on that. It's heartbreaking, regardless of what what troubles he had during his life. Yeah, uh, no evidence of foul play. It seems like it was, uh, obviously, you know, Aaron came out and talked about the fact that, uh, I'm sorry, Nick came out and talked about the fact that he's always recognized, he's in a complicated relationship with his brother, um, always recognized that this was, seems to recognize this was always a possibility. He said, I've always held on to the hope that he would somehow, someday, want to walk a healthy path and eventually find the help that he so desperately needed. Real acknowledgement that uh, that Aaron was beyond the reach of his family and those closest to him as he just spiraled downhill. They had a tough relationship. He had a restraining order. Uh, Nick and, oh, and yeah. Angel had to get a restraining order against Aaron during his life just for some of the antics. So it's it's troubling. You know, it, it, it raises kind of a much bigger issue about how do you deal with mental health issues now? I mean, you know, as bad as they were, things got so exacerbated by COVID mm-hmm. and by the climate yeah. now that it's such a crisis in this country. I'm not sure what is a bigger crisis than mental health at this point, but it just feels like, you know, we have just so scratched the surface, uh, you know, in terms of visibility of how big this problem is. And, you know, you look at the way people act out, sometimes violently, and sometimes they, you know, inflict harm upon themselves. But solving something like this, where you have limited resources, where the problem just keeps growing and growing. And again, I don't think we understand the depth of this. And, you know, especially with young kids, these young kids are going to grow up and they're going to have enough freedom to act out. I really fear what's going to happen in this country me, with I, that. I have a slight, let me put a more optimistic spin on it. I'm not, I was going to say I have a more optimistic sure. take, but let me pour, put a more optimistic spin. People have been suffering with mental health, health issues forever, obviously. And we are finally at a point where I think you can talk about it openly. And you're seeing celebrities come out and talk about it openly. Now, you're still going to have awful things happen. People struggle with mental health, get involved in drugs, all, all sorts of bad things happen. But at least now we talk about it. We don't ostracize the mentally Naomi ill. Naomi Osaka that, leave, taking leaves. The Shawn Mendes taking a leave. There's the so yeah. so many examples in the NBA and sports of of athletes at the top of their profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Love was one of them. Some step aside because of these things, and we can talk about it. So I hear you, Harvey. It's devastating, and the problem is awful. It's a true epidemic. Uh, I want to I want to counter that. Yeah, I think you're right that you know. Celebrities can come out and talk about this 
and they get embraced, which they should. But when you get into, I don't know, when you get into ordinary America and you're dealing with families that aren't equipped to deal with something like this, aren't sophisticated oh, to deal sure. with this, sure. um, and are scared, and when they watch things happening to a loved one, don't know how to deal with it, I'm not sure that – look, I mean it's great that celebrities are comfortable doing this and others maybe are too in, in growing numbers. But I think the problem is so big. I mean look, uh, everybody uh, suffers from a level of mental struggle. Everybody. Course. Yes. Everybody. And it's, on, it's almost like it's on a spectrum. And it just feels like that spectrum, everything has slid – to a point where it's gotten more intense. And, and, and Jason, to your point, I, I like the optimism. I do think there's more openness talking about certain types of depression and, and things of that nature, people taking leaves from their professions. There's not a ton of sympathy for the uh, you know Aaron Carters of this world when it expresses itself through drug addiction and really sort of behavior like Kanye West, where it's really outlandish type behavior. There doesn't seem to be this well of empathy. And I'm not saying there should be because that kind of behavior is destructive to you and the people around you, but it's what makes the problem so vexing. I mean, Nick Carter loved his brother, but had to get a restraining order against him. And you would think, why couldn't he just support his brother? Well, you don't want to enable the behavior. Well, and sometimes how do you support it? And sometimes it's violent, and sometimes it's really uh, sort of harmful to you and your, your family. Sure. So handling it is, I don't think, just a matter of resources. We don't even have our arms around how to address these problems. And Well, some of them are undress, unaddressable, yeah. and, and they're going to be awful tragic cases like this one. And, and you know, <laughs> there's no perfect a solution there's no panacea here i'm not sure there is a solution to be no honest. there's not of course there's not you know it's it's, it's like it, a million other intractable problems that we deal with and we do the best we can um <clears throat> speaking you mentioned kanye yeah and we we're talking mental struggles so kim was um at a soccer game with one of their kids kanye was there and they were conversing and i think there is less here than meets the eye oh. and, you know everybody's oh my god they're talking they right. must be getting along everything's great you know that She's just trying to walk that tightrope right now. <laughs> it did seem like it. Yeah. I, I totally agree. She's terrified of not talking to him. She's terrified to talk to him because you never know yes. what is going to set him off and cause him to go completely either go on social media and badmouth her or torpedo a relationship with the kids or whatever it is. I think that she's tiptoeing. I agree with you both. How do you co-parent tiptoeing around landmines when, when someone right. is this, their ego is somewhat fragile, they're combustible. Somewhat I, I, fragile. <laughs> quite fragile. Um, how do they... Fabergé egg? Yeah, fragile. I mean, he's just eggshell. I mean, he shatters. So how do you do this? I mean, in the short term, she's trying to keep the peace and go to these sports games and maybe keep the conversation very surface level and not trigger him. But over the long term, they've got four kids together. They're going to have to be able to address difficult issues with those kids as they become teenagers, as real-life issues, as what school they go Here's to. What's, you we, can't do this I all know, the time. You can't. What's so interesting is you say they have to address these issues. He may not see it that way. And, you know, maybe they both think the issues have to be addressed, but they're in different universes. They, so how does she navigate this? I mean, I, have been, I was thinking about this over the weekend, especially when these, these pictures came out. How does she navigate this over time when he is living in a different universe from her and they have four kids to raise? How does she navigate this? <laughs> There's no answer to that, right? I mean, it, you know, there, there, there are situations where, you know, she's going to have to tiptoe around him. There's also potential court intervention given his recent activities. Yep. You know, but if she goes down that road... It inflames him it sometimes. Infl oh, <laughs> if she goes down the road of trying to deprive him of time with the kids, he is going, from everything we've seen... He is going to get really aggressive and angry, and she doesn't want that. 
Um, and so I, I, I think she's in a terrible, terrible position with regards to the kids and her relationship with their yeah. father. If, if she tries to speak with him through third-party intermediaries, he's not going to like that. He's right. not going to like court intervention. I think the only hope is that he goes through these phases. He's not going right? to like – well, hold on. He's not going to like anything other than what he wants. That's right. right. And, and, so, and, settles, and so if that's, if that's the baseline, which it is – She's and look, and I know you say this about court, but at a point, the if he look, he gave the name of the school that these kids go to, which enraged her, right? And rightly so. Yes. Well, he's not going to do stuff like that again. I mean, look at what he did when he ran for president and the things he said about her and the kid and the whole thing. So courts are there to look out for the best interests of the kids. I think I think this is destined to end up in court. I think it's destined, whether it's in December next month when they have to go and come up with a custody arrangement. You know, supposedly they're trying to settle it, whether they do or or don't. To think there's not going to be a crisis in the future, even if they settle it, is daydreaming. Just as an aside, what, what's the status of his representation? Does he have counsel? He has right? a lawyer. He has, he, has lawyer lawyer Be- he has a lawyer in Beverly Hills. There were incorrect reports saying that um, that all the divorce lawyers quit. The New York one did. Okay. But he's maintained, at least as I knew of on Friday, right. he's maintained uh, this lawyer in Beverly Hills. So they're negotiating – but he's been disengaged from this. He just doesn't, but didn't want to do. Lawyers got to have difficult conversations with clients. Oh my well, god! And well, how is that going to go? He like he respects a whole. What does the conversation with Kim look like at this point? And how do you how do you negotiate? Right, you can't if that if she does have that fear, you can't even give him the one percent. Well, right? what you can do is you could do supervised visitation. If he's yes. willing to do that, which I can't believe he would be, right? I mean, who's going to supervise Can you imagine Kanye? a supervisor <laughs> having, right. having, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sitting the, in a room watching the, him get on the floor and do tea parties with the kids, you know, it, it's hard to fathom, really. It, it is hard to even picture the scenario where there's somebody sitting in the room going, hey, Kanye. You've just got to wonder what she thinks about when she's alone with this whole thing, because this is, I'll tell you, you can solve problems short term. This is a long-term problem that where there doesn't seem to be much of a solution long-term. This is not, i got to solve this for the next year. It's for the rest of their lives. Yes. Yeah. And mental illness is progressive. I mean, these right. I mean, mental get illness longer. doesn't it get better. It doesn't disease. get better. Uh, yes. One more thought about this. Everything in her life for the last 20, 25 years has been... Uh, curated for television or for social media or for an audience, and we've talked about how she confl- they conflated their whole family has their real life in their in their television life, and where does one end and where does the other begin? This is different, right? She this is something that can't be for content; it can only be for protecting these kids, and I think that puts her in a very very odd place that I don't know that she knows oh, how th- to perfectly handle. I think she'll make the right decision about that. She oh, always I did, seems I did to too. like yeah. sort of put them first, and I yeah. don't know what that'll mean. Well, you're, but... you, when you say right decision, you mean there's a solution. True. I don't know the exact the solution, ba- but I think she'll decision. make what I she believes to be in their interest rather than what she believes to be in, in the keeping up with the Kardashians, yes. so which we, is a departure from everything We've else. talked yeah. about two subjects, neither of which have solutions. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. 
Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Well, let's Let's move on. Let's talk about the election. Let's go three for three. (laughs) Let's go three for three. So, um, Bill Maher, um, I got to tell you, we, I I was actually texting with him on on this um, last week that, I mean, I just don't think a lot of people in this country are into democracy. I just don't think so. And and the reason I say that is everybody will say, oh, yes, I yes. want to support democracy. I want to protect democracy. Well, when you drill down on what that means, not so much. Uh, you know, that right. to me... Their the, actions are speaking louder than their words. There is a foundation for democracy to me. And this is just my opinion about this. But the foundation to me is tolerance. That if you have tolerance, then you can build on democracy. You can build on free speech, tolerating speech, speech that you disagree with. You can build on the notion of, you know, I don't hate people who are whose, whose political views are not aligned with me. You know, you can build on believing in free and fair elections when even if your side loses. Tolerating results you don't like. Toleration. Yeah. And 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 and. I just think there's such intolerance in this country that when you really drill down to the elements of democracy, I don't think a lot of people agree with it. So Bill uh, Maher on Friday night talked about um, talked about the fragility of democracy and also the fact that we're going to get a lot of people elect. A lot of people are going to get elected tomorrow who um, just don't really care about the election has results. Spoken well, about, well, they're spoken open, out openly hostile to it. Yeah, right. They're right. open. And, and if my guy loses, it's because of the of a race. Right. And, and embrace the lie of so. Of na- so now it's Trump. about if I win, I win, and if I lose, ah, fuck it, I win. Right. And that's what they're going to say. So it's not really about counting votes. They don't. They know. You know. Now it's not even about were the votes counted properly. It's just fuck it. I'm just going to win and say I won and I'll get a secretary of state to say it. So here's what Bill said about the fragility of democracy. Democracy is on the ballot and unfortunately it's going to lose. And once it's gone, it's gone. So here's what's going to happen. Republicans will take control of Congress and next year they'll begin impeaching Biden and never stop. They'll impeach him for getting out of Afghanistan and getting into Ukraine. For inflation, for recession, for falling off his bike, it won't matter, and it won't make sense. But Biden will be a crippled duck when he goes up against the 2024 trump Carry Lake ticket. And even if Trump loses, it doesn't matter. On Inauguration Day 2025, he's going to show up, whether he's on the list or not. I'm afraid democracy is like the McRib. It's here now. It'll be around for a little bit longer, so... Enjoy it while you can. And, 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 you know, the way he put it, the only thing I kind of disagree with him on is that if Trump loses and legitimately loses the election, he's, he's going to have enough secretaries of state in key states to say, yeah, I mean, we're just going to say Trump won. Yeah. And then what do you do? I mean, they came real close to this happening two yeah. years ago. Now they're getting people in positions yeah. – 
where they can make it happen. The woman who's likely to win the Secretary of State job in Arizona has openly stated that the election results, if they're against Trump, will not be enforced. Right. Or against the Republican, right. will not be enforced. Right. And if they are in favor of the Republican, they will be and, enforced. And here's the thing. Bill Maher now has a whole new well of credibility about all this stuff because very early on he said Trump won't leave willingly after his first administration. Bill, Everyone he, said, he, you're he, being alarmist. Bill was, is the only one saying this. He was saying that. And then he didn't really leave willingly. He, he did leave. And Bill said he would like maybe sort of hunker down with the military. He didn't do that, but he didn't leave willingly. Well, he, he left after a mess. He but encouraged a full-scale riot. He encouraged. He wanted to hang his own VP. I mean, this is a mess. So when he speaks about like they're gonna this this game plan, they're gonna try to impeach Biden. It's gonna be a mess. He's gonna oh, show up on on inauguration day. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You, but can't, Bill, you can't take it lightly anymore. Bill Maher said this two years before. He was beating this drum two years before the 2020 election. No, not only nobody believed him, people were scoffing at him. And, you know, and even now when he says stuff like this, people are saying, oh, you're a turncoat to the... Bill Maher is a liberal Democrat. And it's like, Jesus. I mean, he in is, the old sense is, of what it is to be a liberal Democrat, he is a, yeah. right? He no, is but a, that's but that's key. He, he is because a, the, he's sick of what the Democrats but he have criticizes become. Democrats all he the time. He criticizes right. them a lot, but now. he criticizes them not to shit on them. He's to criticizing help. them because he thinks they're blowing it in terms of how they are presenting themselves to the public. So he's trying to help them. And look, you may disagree with him, and that's fine. But to say, oh, you're a turncoat because he, believe me, if you if you oh, at the top of the editorial, it says there's one party that cares about democracy and, and you should go vote. However, I think it's a lost right. Cause. I mean, yeah. he he thinks the Republicans are the the, the, the Republic, especially the election deniers. He thinks Full fascists. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he blames the Democrats for turning the country on to Republicans. Well, and, right. And, and that's what he's doing. And he's got points. He's, oh, absolutely. Uh, that's yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. There are so many people. You know, Democrats who are like, oh, my God, you're just a you're a turncoat. You're fat. You're, you know, you're I, I can't I can't I can't countenance the AOC wing of the Democratic Party or yeah, I, I don't know how to deal. with. Somebody that. should so, be listening. Uh, fewer and fewer people. And finally, Twitter. Yep. So Elon has this now is my backed favorite up. story of the month, by the way. <laughs> what? So, OK, Elon's backed off the uh, the eight bucks uh, a month for um, he first rolled it out. Right. Okay. So now yeah. he's backed off until the election. So it's probably going to happen Wednesday. What's your take on this? I got to take. Well, this. he's also there's reports this morning he's seeking to rehire many of the people he, he right he's, because he fired too many. Fired. He, he fired needs to run many, a company, so he can't run the company. It disqual- it's full hubris. Okay. My my, my take on this yeah. thing is that he has uh, w- we know he overspent by tens of billions of dollars for a company that wasn't worth nearly what. Okay. He said it was going to be worth. Yeah. He went out through all all of his bravado and made this huge offer and tried to back out of it and couldn't. Um, he now owns a company that he his pride is on the line, obviously tens of billions of dollars on the line, and he wants to make it work, I think. Um, but he's realizing that given the backlash he got about the $8 for the verification uh, checkmark, that that's maybe not this great viable path forward. I just think here's a man so full, so believing so fully in his own intelligence that he overlooks contrary points and just plows forward and gets He underestimated what uh, content moderation would be necessary. A lot of people have fled already. I do think you're going to see this $8 roll out because, to your point, he's got to come up with $1.2 billion to to service the interest on the debt he took to acquire the company. Just the interest. Twitter only makes less than a billion dollars a year, so he needed money. He's going to get it through this fee, and I think what is going to happen— I do. I think Twitter will become smaller— 
but just as loud. And for the angry people who really love being on Twitter, you're going to pay eight bucks a month, but it will not be sort of the town hall that he envisions. I think it'll be a small walled garden of angry people. And but but it's outbreak. a small okay. walled okay. garden. How do you get eight? Do- how do you get enough people to pay eight dollars? I, I I don't see it. Um, you are acting like Twitter used to be PBS. Twitter was a sewer before Elon Musk bought it. It was a sewer of hate on both sides. Although they tried to address it and kick off people. I uh, know they did. He's, just, he's not no, even no, going to no, make no. And, uh, and, it. No, 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 no. It was and, a sewer. And, but... and I know that. And, you know, and <laughs> he at he, least skimmed some of the people. And off. he has made it worse in the sense, I mean, the thing that really just, just struck me in such a horrible way was a week ago when he po- when he tweeted out that ridiculous link about Paul Pelosi. Yeah. When I saw that, I thought, oh, God, he's making a bad situation worse. And that was awful. But it's like at a point, it's become so, you know, p- people don't like Elon Musk. And I think if this were a different person, if this were a Bill Gates, they'd be looking at it differently. Right. And look, yes. I mean, it, it's just the tribalism in this country. And I thought what Elon Musk did with this link was awful. At the same time, I, I just want to talk about consistency here. NBC did a report on Friday that essentially embraced the spirit of that ridiculous conspiracy link about Paul Pelosi. And, you know, they said, oh, well, he answered the door, which is completely contrary to what all the evidence shows, and that, you know, he walked back to this guy. So After that, talking to the cops. And then they re, re, they retracted that. Yeah, right? but, but again, the point, when, when they did that story, yeah. The point of that clearly was to say, oh, well, maybe we're not quite sure. Right. Still the truth, and, right? and there was no evidence. And so so they they say it didn't meet our standard of reporting. Yeah. Well, you reported it. Yeah. And and so what does that mean? Because they must have thought about the implication of that story. Right. So then all of a sudden it's like, well, we it didn't meet our standard. Well, you put it out there the way Elon put the other thing out there. Right. And what have you heard about that? Uh, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And so my point is that I think that in many ways people go after the person and not the principal. And that's a problem. It, it's just an ongoing thing right. that people go after the person and not the principal. And the prince. And listen, go after Elon Musk, for, as we should, for what he did putting that tweet out. Or maybe it's let just me, that nobody watches NBC News. So <laughs> it just went out there. It's like shouting into the woods. Well, no, so. I mean, it's... it's well, it's, let me ask you, though. He's saddled with his reputation, which he's earned, by the way, by being a Twitter troll for many, many years. Now he's the CEO of Twitter, this company that he wants pri- to... Turn a, it's a private uh, company. It's a totally private company. Twit, right? But can he, can he have it succeed where the CEO is an active user and, you know, sort of uh, spouting off in these ways? Can the company succeed that way? He's saddled with that. But can he shed it and run a successful what I, company? What, what That's I, my question. What, what I'm wondering, and I don't know, because, I, I mean, I don't really, I have no idea. Is it possible Twitter's just going to go the way of MySpace and that TikTok's going to take well, over? But here, here's the thing. Maybe, but TikTok does, it does not allow celebrities the same sort of direct access to the people that like them. Uh, TikTok's well, a very different platform. Who cares, it's a, it's a who video- cares about celebrities? Who cares about celebrities? What are you talking about? I mean, you say it doesn't allow celebrities the access. People, people love this. People follow Twitter in droves to, to watch what celebrities have to say. Bet, but they have other platforms they could go on. It's not they, about. But that's what I, Twitter's there's, there's, in the firmament, man. Twitter's not going anywhere. I, I, I oh, you to think? Agree. 
Absolutely. People MySpace, said that about MySpace. They did, and Friendster, and we've heard it all, but this one is really concrete the, the, the in people's only... mind. People talk about, I'm going to tweet. No one ever said, I'm going to MySpace, I'm going to Friendster, I'm going to tweet. That's No, I'm serious. <laughs> but it don't is, it think... is locked into the way we communicate. But what happens if it becomes so dysfunctional? Yeah, he could I run mean, it into the ground. He could. There'll be, and, and it could be replaced. Nothing's forever, right? I, I mean, I mean... It's true. Uh, Nothing's forever. And, he, and and Elon Musk could run this into the ground. Possible. Uh, you know, and I don't know. Listen, this is... We could all be on Parlor next year. just like. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, we... <laughs> Have look, you parlored that yet? <laughs> and maybe he... Look, maybe ultimately... <laughs> I'm going to parlor that. When maybe, that happens, then Maybe then we'll ultimately talk. just shuts it down. No, or maybe ultimately it's going to... The ship's going to ride itself at some point. I mean, if he realizes that it's going to collapse if he doesn't, yeah. maybe he'll write the ship with guardrails up. I don't know. Even with guardrails, it's a sewer. Well, let me ask a question, Derek. It all do you, do you think three years from now, Twitter is has more users and has more in the zeitgeist than it is now, or it's a smaller, more sort of... How long? Know, three years faction, from now? Yeah. I think it starts smaller, and I think it grows. I never count Elon out, and, and and I'm surprised you do. You're a big believer in this guy as this grand visionary. Certainly, this is a rocky start. This is full I hubris, think, though. I mean, it's, it's a lot it's of hubris, one thing of course. He bought, he bought a the toy. greatest technology of the last 40 years. It's another thing to just take a platform that exists and try from a through through force of will and popularity to make it bigger. Yeah, it's a, I don't count him out. He thought it was being mismanaged, and he bought the whole thing. So we'll see. <laughs> and you know, and look, they said that about rockets. Yeah, right. I mean, and they, he lands them now, and he lands these rockets, and NASA couldn't. So look, all I'm saying is to to treat Elon Musk like a moron. No, not is a, a huge miscalculation. Don't, yes. don't underestimate. It's him. a huge yeah. miscalculation. He's not. He is a genius. Yeah. Now the question is, how is he going to apply that? Right. I just don't think we know yet. Nope. We'll see. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, election day. Election day. Tomorrow. Go vote.